This is Road to the Golden Door, where we unpack the proven success formula straight from the minds of Golden Door winners, uncovering the motivation, methods, and the mindset it takes to become an elite performer in door-to-door sales and in life. This is Road to the Golden Door. Now, here's your host, Mikey Lucas. What's up? Welcome back. It's Mikey, Road to the Golden Door. Got another special guest here today. Uh, Super excited. He hails out of South Florida. He's in a place that is near and dear to my heart, Fort Myers. Love being out there. Addison Richards, welcome to the show, brother. Welcome, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's awesome to be on. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Cool, man. Um, Yeah, dude. So, dude, 161 deals. Okay. You've been in in, uh, door-to-door for five years now. Mm -hmm. We were just jamming off mic, and uh, I was I was just like laughing at the the attributes and character traits of every almost almost every single Golden Door Award winner that I've interviewed, and I'm just like, you're probably like, what the heck is dude laughing at? But I was just asking like a few like, hey, did you did you is your favorite color this? Do, do you hate you know? Do you like this cereal? Do you drink this milk? Like what? Not obviously not those questions, but I'm asking those specific things, and I'm like, oh my god, it's another one. Another one, and you guys will see here in the show. So uh, Addison is a very special man. Uh, I'm really excited to, uh, to to get to interview you, brother. Um, I know you started off in pest control, and anybody that that for whatever reason, we've had guys that go from pest control to solar, solar uh, or starting pest control, and are in solar now. And I started in alarm systems, so it's just interesting to see the different mindset that guys that were in that started in pest and that killed it in pest uh, that do solar now. Um, how 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 they were trained initially. So I know that you're really big on systems processes. Your first year as a closer, you did 161 deals, which is outstanding. Um, so I want to talk about that, how that happened. Obviously with Road to the Golden Door, the goal is to find the system, the processes, the method. There's a formula, if you will, right? The Golden Door formula um, to how that worked. And uh, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be anything special. You know, it could be like Michael O'Donnell. He's in four houses every single day. Ricardo Richie's in six houses every single day. You know, mm-hmm. how do you do that? Well, you, ha- you you train an army of setters, you know, or it could be, you could be Daniel Hadovas who has a 191 mostly self-gen installs last year, right? So, you know, it, it doesn't matter how you got there. The fact is that you got 161 installs last year. And, uh, you know, it was cool to, uh, to, to definitely see you with your awards sitting on stage, which I was just looking at. And uh, I just want to know, how did that feel? Um, did you, did you like a, an intentionally like, go and get the, uh, the award? Like, what, what was it? What, were, you, were you, I'm going to go get this freaking award or what was it? I was, yeah. So I, I started closing uh, like September of the previous year. Um, started out pretty hot with it. Um, I was self-genning and setting for quite a while before that. So I already kind of knew knew what I, what it was like going into it um but started out decent knew i could do better and then for some reason just like january 1st i was doing some new year's goals and i just wrote golden door on the on the whiteboard and it was kind of one of those things where it was like a little bit scary to write it down um because i was like there's no way i can do this like guys have been doing this for years and don't do this but then i started figuring like doing the math on it you know like how, how do i actually do this um assuming I actually want to do this. And I had financial goals as well. They kind of aligned with roughly doing that amount of installs. So I was like, all right, at this point, if I really want to hit these financial goals and I want to do this, 
uh, this is what it's going to take and started just kind of mapping out a plan for, for how to hit it. So it was very intentional from, from, you know, right from January. Yeah. Tell me about that really quickly. Um, you said you, you, you set the goal and it was scary. Um, I think what most people misunderstand in entrepreneurship is as an entrepreneur is they think that like, we just set these goals and we're just like, can't like, it's going to be easy. I'm going to hit the ball at the park. So tell me a little bit about that. Like, I, I really appreciate you being open and transparent there and, and, um, you know, vulnerable. So tell me a little bit about why these goals were scary to you. Like what are they actually scary to you? Bring me back to that December, you know, 31st or that week of the new year's and, and talk to me about that. Like these financial goals, this gold door word, you know, that obviously meant that, you're going to be on stage getting the, you know, getting the, you know, the award talking me through that, bro. Yeah. So I think it was less about the, the actual, the end point of being on the stage, getting the, getting the award. And it was more making the mental commitment to do that. Um, because being in door to door for years before that and being in solar for a year before that, I knew what it was going to take at least roughly. Um, so to actually put that out there, because once I, once I'd written it down and, you know, committed to it and told other people I was going to do it, then, you, you know, you're kind of stuck, you got to do it. So committing to the, the level of consistent effort that I knew it was going to take rather than, you know, it's pretty easy to make money in solar rather than just go get, you know, 50 installs and kind of chill to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, put in these 12 hour days, six days a week for a year to actually go do this and and the level of consistency and you know off the doors effort that I knew was involved in actually doing that um it was more of a it was more of like a switch of okay I actually believe I could do this now am I willing to do it because I knew what what it was actually going to entail to to go do it so that was the scary part not so much that I doubted if I could more just I know what this is going to take and is this actually something that I want to commit to Interesting. How many times, uh, this is kind of a loaded question, but I usually, I usually get almost the same answer every time. There's only a couple guys that are like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> um, how many times did you think, you know, March, June, July, October, November, where you're like, ah, nah, I'm good. I'm going to quit, hang it up. Let's go just, you know, be, be a, a, a guest. Maybe VIP at the Oricon, yeah. Instead of going and getting on stage, like how many times were you like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not gonna, I don't want to do this anymore. There was never a time where I didn't want to. There were times where it wasn't looking promising, mm. <laughs> um, because we pushed out a new market right in January, um, and we brought in a bunch of new guys, so we split. And going into summer, I think I had like twenty five or thirty deals, um, so not great. Cause I had, you know, hundred some to go at that point. Um, and, I, yeah. and I also was, didn't work at all in the fall. So basically going into summer, I had to do, you know, 25, 30 installs a month. So about a deal a day for the whole summer. Um, and, and at that point I was, I was averaging one every couple of days and it wasn't, it wasn't a close ratio issue. It was, I wasn't getting any sits cause we were doing a lot of, admin work and training guys and bringing new guys in. And we only had a couple setters at the start when we first pushed out the market. So 
at that point I kind of had to reassess, not, not reassess the goal, not negotiate the outcome necessarily, but okay, we got to level this up because we're not getting there doing this and, and step it up at that point. So at that point I was, I, I started getting some self gens, um, doing more off the doors training with my guys, recruiting harder, um, to make the adjustments I had to make so that I could do, you know, hundred some deals over a summer. Hmm. Yeah, we, we've seen that. Like Ashton Buswell, I think, did 130 deals in 90 days, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's definitely possible. To, it's definitely possible to do that. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, their whole their whole dealer is doing 130 deals in like a year. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, we've got you that did that roughly in a, a summer. So, let me ask you this. It's kind of a little little a uh, little early to ask this in the show but what do you think the difference is between like what do you personally think the difference is between you going out and hitting 161 installs in a year versus you know whole dealers that are doing that in a couple of years why, why do you think you're hitting it and these guys are like hitting way less than that i think it just depends what your outcome is that you're that you're chasing um so i would say like obsession with less less the financial outcome and more of an identity because if it's just chasing money you know a friend of mine has a always says everybody wants to make a million dollars until they make a quarter million dollars um and it's (laughs) it's really true because you know everybody says in in january oh i want to make a million this year and then they 250 hits their bank account and they're like oh i don't have to work for a couple years if i don't want to and then let off the gas versus I didn't even really check the, I never really looked at the deposits, never really checked the, you know, amount of money I was making. I kind of always had an idea cause I track my deals and it's pretty easy math, but, um, it was never about that. I knew that if I made the goal to be, you know, the, one of the top closers in the industry, and that was the goal, then I was going to do whatever it took for that. And as long as I did that, then the money would come. So when it's, you know, when it's that, it's, it's much more about the process than it is tied to a specific outcome. It was, I'm going to do 110% for a year and see what happens. Um, and the, and the outcome will take care of itself. Okay. Walk me through that a little bit. That's really intriguing to me. I, I, um, I've got a, a bunch of guys in my mastermind as well as some individual coaching clients, some guys that are golden door guys that are, are currently today, like right now, like as we speak, I was talking with them, like my, quite a few of them yesterday and the day before that. And I got all of them tomorrow on the call on Wednesday and almost every single one of them struggles with, they can go 110, 120 for a month, two or a quarter, mm-hmm. like one, two or three months. And while all of them committed when they got in the mastermind they're like i'm I'm doing a golden door this year this is it but it's three months in four months in we're at month almost almost we're at on month five so they're four months into the year and uh you know some of them are not there and if i didn't if i heard you correctly you know going into summer you had like 30 deals so tell me tell me tell me a little bit about like how did you stay I understand it's, it sounds more like, you know, divorce the, out, divorce the, uh, the outcome or, you know, divorce the results or whatever, and just go get, do the process. Right. So it sounds more like you're, um, 
you're more of a process driven guy, which is, which is outstanding. And I wish more people would be like that, but how, I guess, how did you stay motivated? Like, what is it really that pushed you in those times? If I can bring you back to last year, I know it's a lot of new stuff is happening. You know, rates are changing. Utilities are changing. Utilities going up. We think we're doing great. And all of a sudden, because utilities move up their bills and all of a sudden the freaking banks go, oh, they're going to move up their bills. Yep. We're going to move up our dealer fees. And then, you know, it's like, you know, we do have panels. We don't have panels. So yeah. let me bring you back to that year. And tell me, so what, what is it, what was it that actually kept you motivated through the summer? Like, what was it? I know that you said you're like, I'm committed, I'm obsessed, but really what, what, what was it? I think it, it comes back to, what did you see? Well, I, I saw the, the, what the outcome could be. Um, I knew that I could, I knew I could close that many deals if I could get in front of that many people. Um, so it was just controlling the variables and, and just controlling the things that, that I could control which is, okay, if I get in a seat, I'm going to close the people. And then I'm going to, you know, show up every day and, and do the things that I can do and then start figuring out how to improve the processes around that. So, okay, how do I get, how do I get my setters up to speed so that I'm sitting in front of more people? How do I make sure that I'm not walking out of follow-ups? How do I, you know, optimize how I'm spending my time so that I'm not passing off sits to other closers to go do admin stuff, you know, just make sure that you basically get as many shots on goal as possible um, to, to have, to give yourself the best chance of success. And then along with that, it was, it's less motivation and more discipline. Like there were definitely times where I was super burned out. Like July, I think I was, I averaged like 11 a week throughout July. Um, which meant, you know, when you factor in like fails and things like that, I was probably sitting two or three, two a day, two to three a day, um, plus running meetings and managing guys and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of times it was, you know, leave the house at 8 a.m., get home at 11, sleep for a couple hours, do it again, six days for two months straight. So there was a lot of time in there where I was like, at this exact moment, I literally don't care. There's no motivation whatsoever. It, it had to fall back to, to discipline of, okay, this is what I said I'm going to do. It doesn't matter if I care anymore. It doesn't matter if I want to do it. I'm going to show up tomorrow. And, and then the motivation comes back. You know, you have a big week, you get some, you get some good rest or whatever. And you're like, oh, I'm glad I did that. Cause now I'm still on track. I think the, the motivation follows action, not the other way around. Dive deeper into that really quick for me. What do you mean by that? Which part? The motivation. So I, I, I think motivation's great for as, as far as it goes. So, you know, you can sit there and watch a motivational video and you're hyped up for like 10 minutes. But then whatever your commitment was before, you're going to fall back to that. So you don't really go to the level of how motivated you are. You fall to the level of whatever your systems and discipline are. Um, because as soon as you get, get told, no, there goes all the motivation, um, or run into some kind of adversity, you know, watching, you get all hyped up, spend the whole morning watching motivational videos. And on the way out to hood, a customer calls to cancel. There goes all that. Right. 
So you got to have a way to, you got to have a way to override that and just say, okay, it doesn't matter. Like I'm committed to the, the process of this and I could go out and get no deals this entire week and I'm still going to put the same inputs in because it's the law of averages. It's okay. If I continue to do this, I know that, you know, I can close people at this rate. You know, if I sit 10, I'll close nine. And if I just sat 10 and closed zero, that means I'm going to close the next 90. So you just have to have that commitment to mm -hmm. continuing to put the, the inputs in and understand that there's going to be some bad days along the way. Um, but it doesn't really matter. You could have a bad month, not, you know, unlikely to happen, but you could have a really, really bad month. And as long as you show up the same, the outcome will, will realign to the, to the level of effort you're putting in. How many times have you read Atomic Habits? Uh, twice. Yeah. I can tell you've got a lot from the book. Um, it's really funny. That book probably lasts like, I don't know, it's got to be 10 by now. The last 10 interviews I've done, um, that book has come up by the guests. And I can, I can tell the way that you're talking. It's not direct quoting from the book. It is internal, what you internalized and then lived, uh, which is really cool. Most guys will just quote straight from the book. Um, you are choppy in a good way because you're, you've, you've internalized what the quote means to you uh, and, uh, and then lived it. So it's actually a really cool thing to see that. So appreciate that. Atomic Habits, bro. Great book. It is. Any other, any other books that, uh, yeah, any other books that you've read that are, that are super near and dear to your heart that you, uh, with, you know, attest to some of your success? Hmm. There's a few. I'm big on, I like to go for runs at night and throw on audio books. So I'll go through them a couple of times because, you know, you don't get, I feel like you don't get quite as much out of it listening to it. Um, and then I'll, on the way yeah. back and forth to deals, I'll, I'll usually have on an audio book, but, um, uh, both of, both of Simon Sinek's books, um, I've been listening to a couple of times recently. Those have been really impactful. So, um, start with why and leaders eat last. Those were, those were really good as I've been pushing out a market and leading a team down here. Um, strictly sales stuff where the wolf used to be on repeat back when I was doing pest control every day on the way out to area, um, listening to that. So that just the whole idea of straight line selling helped, helped me kind of design my pitch the way it is. That, so that was big. Um, Atomic Habits, really good. Probably some other ones I'm missing, but got to read. Very right, good. Have, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Way of the Wolf is definitely in the top five of my sales books. Um, it's funny. I talk, I talk about Way of the Wolf a lot more because it gave a lot more practicality of like, I know it just says just a straight line method or uh, theory, but or method, whatever it is. But it is, uh, is crucial to know that like, you know, so you're not off in Pluto or Uranus, you know, when you, when you, you have to go like yep. this, um, you know, and, and, and oftentimes I would see myself to be nice. I would allow the homeowner to pull me off and that was their deflection, if you will. And I, I would go with it. Yep. And, 
and that's when I, that's when I think I was in like 2018 or 19, I think is when that was when I read that book for the first time. I've read it a few times, a little, a little over five or six times now, but I've watched his video on how to, on straight line selling multiple times, trained on that. And uh, I, I realized after that, I started transitioning to being a technician and not a solar salesman or professional or consultant. Mm-hmm. I was just a technician. So I was like, Hey man, I'm just here to do my job. Yeah. Like uh, I have to get to, I have, like, I have to get to the next job. Like, you know, I'm going to get in trouble even though I own the company. I'm like, I'm going to get in trouble, you know, kind of yeah. thing. That was kind of like my mindset. Yep. So it's interesting. To, it's interesting to hear. Leaders Eat Last is a great book. Love that book. Start with Why is a phenomenal book. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Have you ever read the book um, um, Pitch Anything? I haven't, no. Dude, I've read it 72 times. You have really? to read the book. I'm going to have to check that out. I've heard of it before. Yeah. I've been, it's, it's definitely on my mm-hmm. list. So I'm going to have to get on that soon. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely need to need to get on that one for sure. Like it's a, it's a great, <clears throat> it's a great book. So, and then he's got another book, uh, Oren Claff. I was just with him a couple weekends ago in uh, California, his office, another book called flip the script. Okay. Um, very, very, very good books as far as like teaching the psychology of selling. Uh, he's got what's called the strong method, uh, straight line selling, but the strong method. So it takes the, 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 the straight line method and breaks it into actual words. It's really good. So, Oh, another one I just thought of, um, awesome. extreme ownership, Jocko willing. That's uh that one was super big, big for me last year, that one and winning by Tim Grover, as far as just keeping the mind right. I, I read those ones a couple times as well. Yeah, dude, <clears throat> man, I did consulting for a few years. And uh, one of the first things I would do, uh, one of the first things, not the first thing, one of the first things I would do when I would, if I was with a company for two, three days, I would, I would go to Barnes and Nobles, buy the books and give them to the owners. And I'd say, all right, we're going through this one chapter a day for the amount of days that I'm here. And then I would follow up with them, make sure that they did, they read the book together. That was the whole finger pointing thing. It's just like, dude, like, I think it's funny cause I'm pretty sure, I don't think my wife's gonna watch this, but I'm pretty sure that my, my wife thinks that she can at certain times walk on me because I, uh, I take ownership mm-hmm. of everything. And it's not, I don't like care about it, but it's just like, it's funny cause you know, if, if she did something wrong, it's my fault in some way, fashion or form. Yeah. And uh, you know, we didn't, the internet didn't show up to my house the other day. Well, that's my fault. Yep. Like I, 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 I know you were supposed to call, but I could have called for you. No, no, I, I could have put everything down. And I'm not saying this in like a, like a pompous way or whatever, like a sarcastic way. Like, no, no, I, I, I have to get better. I have to hire more assistants, more people on my team so I can do your job and my job. There is no, there is no excuses. I could have done this. And I think that I learned that initially through Grant Cardone. I don't know if it was be obsessed or be average or 10 X. One of those, I think it was probably be obsessed or be average. I don't know one of those. They're pretty much be obsessed and be average and 10 X are very, very similar uh, or, or, or are similar, not very, very similar, but are very, are, are similar. And I remember he talked about how he got sick on a plane. He's like, yeah, that was my fault. I booked those tickets. And I was like, that's pretty extreme. Yeah. I think that translates directly you know, though. You are, you, you know, you're talking about, or we're talking about the variables that happen. It's like, okay, well, 
you know, who cut the hood that the setters are knocking that means you're not in chairs like you did. Um, you know, they can't get appointments. Okay, train them better. You know, it, it, it's, it's if you take ownership of every aspect of it, especially if you're running a team, I know some companies do it differently. But, you know, if you're a closer that, that also manages, if you're not in a chair, that's 100% your fault. You're, you may not be knocking the door, but you're, you should be giving them every opportunity to, to get you in front of somebody. So a lot of times I yep. think that's the part people underestimate is it's not going into a house and closing people. That's, that's kind of the baseline. Like if you want any chance of, of doing a lot of deals, that's, you have to be able to do that. The, the separator is all the stuff outside of the house that you're doing in the morning and at night to make sure you're in front of more people and make sure that, you know, people are happy and taken care of and all that stuff. And that's the stuff that throws people off, not the closing. Once you're in the house, okay, that's just automatic or should be, but it's all that other stuff that, that messes with your head and gets you off track. Wow. That's very interesting. I don't think I, I don't, I just had like a, a breakthrough moment right there. I don't think I've really thought about it like that. And I've, I've heard that concept before. I've even heard it said before, but never really did it hit me like that, brother. Um, the, the guys, the guys, like, that's like, like a leadership moment right there. It's not, it's not, it's not how good of a closer you are. It's literally what you're doing outside of closes that actually makes you a better closer. And if you want to talk about a formula or a recipe, <clears throat> we, we love to try to like sharpen the ax and don't get me wrong. Obviously sharpen the ax is great. You know, being sharp as attack and whatever, whatever expert in your field. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's great. But at the same time, if you're not doing the small daily disciplines, consistent actions over time, you know, consistency over intensity, it's no wonder why some of these guys get knocked off their, their rocker so many times. And, uh, even myself dude, like, I'm like, interesting. Uh, if, if I were to hit the gym five times instead of three times this week, I probably would have had a better week because mm-hmm. why? Cause I committed to doing five mm-hmm. times instead of, you know, well, I'm tired. I got you know, I didn't go to the gym this morning. I didn't. I, I couldn't sleep mm-hmm. last night. It was up till 2 a.m. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym. And uh, now I'm like, I got to go fix this. So I got to take ownership and fix it, redirect it. That's really interesting, bro. I'm really glad you said that. Wow. Oh, this is like a therapy session for me. Thank you for appreciate <laughs> no problem. that. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's like sometimes a big week can be the worst thing if you're, if you're trying to, you know, perform at a high level <laughs> because, you know, what happens, you go close 12 if you normally close two. You're going to get complacent. Now you got 12 customers to deal with. Like if you don't have the systems in place to do that, then that's going to like the success itself is going to throw you off. So it's more so I'd rather close, you know, seven a week, every week than 15, one week and two the next. Um, And I'd rather have the systems in place to be able to do those things uh, consistently over time to the point where it's not going to be as much of a mental roller coaster because that's all it is. Like if sales is a transfer of energy, all you need to do is protect your energy and make sure that you have it to give to the customer and to your, to your team. So that's why the systems are important. So to me, it's, it's how can I optimize every single 
thing that goes into this and then automate it as much as possible. So like, what is, if there's a best, if there's a right and a wrong way to do everything, or at least the best way to do everything, which I think there is one or the other, how do we find that? And then how do we set up systems so that it happens that way every time? And it's one less thing you got to worry about. And that's everything. It's, it's your sales meeting. It's your, it's your training and role plays with setters. It's how you manage deal flow. It's how you do the schedule. It's how you say hi when you walk into the house. Like every little step can be can be improved. And then once you find a way that works, automate it as much as possible. So like I have a ton of spreadsheets. Some of them are kind of ridiculous, but it helps me stay organized and it helps me have everything in one place so that if a deal comes across, if a deal gets set, I know it's going to go in here and go through the process. And then I don't have to worry about it because hmm. I do it the same exact way every single time. So then it doesn't matter if there's 12 of them in a week or two of them in a week, like the same thing's going to happen. And I don't have to waste my mental energy trying to figure it out because I've already put in the, the energy once to figure out how to do it the right way. And now it's just consistency of doing it this way every time so that the same outcome happens. Hmm. I want to get into that before I do that. Tell me, tell me what's different about Kin. Cause obviously if, if you're systems driven and Kin's produced multiple golden door award winners now, um, tell me, tell me what is Kin doing differently? Like, let it let it be an infomercial for Kin. Like what what's Kin yeah. doing? I, I coach a bunch of your guys, by the way. So I know you know that, but I, I coach a bunch of your guys, and these kids are like, and I'm not saying kids in a downward way, but like these kids are like on all the time. Mm-hmm. Like they're ready to roll. They, they, the vision has been casted like every morning for these guys. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's the biggest thing is um, Austin Elkins, the CEO. He talks about. It's, he says, you know, it's a, we're a people development company that happens to sell solar. And we started out, the name of the company was Icon. Um, and the reason why, and, you know, he always said better people make better icons. So it's just becoming, it's, it's making everything identity based. You know, we're, we're the best. And that's the identity, not we make money. So when you put it like that, it pushes everybody to to rise to a higher level. You know, rising tide raises all ships. Yeah. So when it's all based on competition and identity and becoming better, then that's the things you focus on. Where I think solar is an insane opportunity. So where I think a lot of people go astray is they yeah. purely pitch it on the money. It's just like trying to close somebody strictly based on savings. Like it's there, but it's not enough usually. And even if it is enough, it means you're not going to, you know, sell it as high of a PPW. It's the same thing with, with reps, right? If it's all about, you can make this much money this quick, what are they going to do? They're going to make that much money that quick. And then they're going to stop. <laughs> like we, we shoot ourselves in the foot with the way that we paint the picture. It's like, oh dude, you can make 10 grand this month. And then what do they do? They come out and they make 10 grand that month. And then they hit the goal and they're done. Right. But if it's like, how do you, how do you become the type of person? Because I think, I think you become, you become the thing before you get the thing. So you don't just go out and make a million dollars. 
it's really hard to make a million dollars, not because it's actually hard to get the money, but because it's hard to become the type of person that does that and not blow it somewhere along the way. Going back to what I was saying before about, you know, everybody wants to make a million until they make a quarter million. It's like, you could, you've just made a quarter million. All you have to do is do that four more times. That's not the hard part. The hard part's the mental part of, I'm going to get out of bed today, even though I don't have to work for another couple of years if I don't want to. And that's where you have to have something deeper than that um, of the competition or personal development or those, those type of goals and that intrinsic, like identity-based goals that are kind of separate from the outcome because that's the that's the stuff that that keeps you going so really i mean i think the biggest difference with us is just kind of demanding excellence in in every aspect of this it's not just you can be a terrible person and as long as you can set some appointments you're you're hired like that's not the way that we do things it's you have to be a good culture fit and you have to want to compete and help everyone level up so like there's a lot of people that are just decent salesmen, but really lazy. And to be honest, we really don't want to work with those people. Because one of the things I've always said to my team is you provide one of two things. You either provide an excuse or a result. You, there's no way that you can show up and be neutral. So if you provide an excuse, you don't have a job here. If you provide a result, you do. And you can provide an excuse either for yourself or for other people. So, you know, if you're performing at a low level and it's, I'm not talking about somebody that's brand new and putting work in to figure it out. I'm talking about guys that have been around for a long time and just continue to kind of scrape by. And it's mainly a problem of work ethic. Um, they're either giving themselves an excuse, but in by doing that, they're also giving other people an excuse because it's like, okay, well, you know, a new guy comes in the door and they see somebody that's been in the industry for a couple of years that's scraping by getting one deal a week. It's like, okay, well, if that's all he's doing, I can only expect even a little bit less of myself because I'm brand new. So it's not just you. It affects everybody. It's if if you do that, then... But wait, but wait, Addison. It, it, go ahead. There's even more to that. That guy's driving, a, that drives, that guy's driving an M3 or an M5 exactly. and, and lives in a high-rise. Exactly. Yep. He ha he has the Rolex, whether it's fake or not. <laughs> He's got the Rolex. Yeah. He's got the cool, you know, Balenciaga shoes or whatever the hell they got nowadays. Like he's got it. He's got he, and then not only that, Addison, he also goes out to the clubs and he has a good yep. time. Maybe he pulls girls. I don't yeah. know. Looks like he has a fun old time. He's sure on Instagram it looks like he's having exactly. a good time. Exactly. Yep. Right? So it's the standard that they've set at Kinholm of excellency um i love that icon thing and and the the you know the um uh, that your 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 personal development company that just so happens to sell solar love that absolutely love that i, I wish more people would take uh take advantage of that of what you just said right there because that is by far the one of the most single-handedly things that has made uh, multiple Golden Door Award winners under my under my supervision, and uh, I'm just I knew it. So Ken Home, I I don't even know how in the heck I found a bunch of your guys, but one of them was like, "Bro, I need this," and I was like, "Okay, cool, I got you." Do you have any other buddies that need the same thing? This financial, you know, education mm -hmm. information. 
He's like, yes, I have a bunch of them. And they're all, you know, always very active on my calls. Like every one of them, they're like, you know, not, not, a, not, not timid at all, you know, are really forward with, you know, reaching out and stuff like that. So it's really cool that Kim Holm has like a, a level of excellency that you guys stand that you guys set yourselves to. So yeah, that's a, it's a, if you want to talk about a, a pandemic, uh, you know, the pandemic in solar is how we recruit guys. Like you just said, how we recruit them is you can make $10,000 in a month. Dude, I spent $10,000 on my Amex last week. Mm-hmm. More than that, actually. <laughs> but, but yep. That's not a $10,000, $10,000. It's like 10 K. I'm like, where the hell did that money go? I don't know, but swipe the card. I got, yep. go. you know, I had my, my flight, my flight bill in, uh, in January, February was 10 grand alone. Just my first flights. Um, oh man. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. Like you said that we, we, we will recruit guys to come in and tell them they can make 10, 10 grand a month. Oh my God. If I remember when that used to be a lot of money. Um, it's not, it's still a lot of money, but like to go and make that in solar and know the opportunity, it's not a lot of money anymore. Um, you know, to go make 10 grand in a month and then they hit it. And then you wonder why they, you know, a, a lot of these managers, they struggle, they struggle and leaders, they struggle because they've sold it incorrectly, but they think that that 10 grand is initially what these guys wanted. When in reality, what it sounds like a lot, a lot like yourself, um, and a lot of the guys at Kinhome are looking for financial independence, financial freedom, you know, passive income you know, in lifestyle choices. And it sounds like a lot like you as well as your leaders being, being a, an area director, which is really like a regional or, or, or regional or district manager. You really, you run the Florida. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, it's, it's cool. It's cool. I'm, I, I love your guys' culture. That's why I wanted to talk about it for this long that we've talked about. It yeah. I, I like it too. Um, and I think it goes all the way top down. Like, an example is we just rolled out a, a a new pay scale with a commission split with with the setters, um, but it's all based on deals per week, um, just to push, you know, push everybody to level up. And guys are making a lot of money. Like I had five setters on my team make over twenty grand last week, um, last week, and they, you know, we do like a highlight every. Can I be a setter? Yeah. For real, no. I'm uh, I'm setting appointments, so we let's go. We uh, we do like a highlight every week in my office where you know make a slideshow top performers, best set to sit, best set uh, set set to close, appointment sat, you know things like that. Uh, top earners, top performers, things like that. Um, and a couple of my guys were actually mad at me that I made that slide showing who the top earners were because they saw their names on there um and they were actually upset about it because they were like i don't want to know and i'm like what do you mean they're, you know they're like well it's not about that i want to be the top rep this summer the last thing i want to know is that i made 20 grand last week i knew i'd make money as long as i'm a top performer but i don't want to know that like i'm not doing the math a couple of them like logged out of our crm and said wow. they're not going to log in until september Cause they don't want to know they don't want to keep track of cancels and you know installs and who's getting this and that like they're going to let the checks go into a separate account they're not going to look at it they're not going to look and see who got installed they just want to focus on the leaderboard every day and i think that's the biggest difference is like if you're not focused on that you can't get complacent about it so i think that's huge because hmm. they're making they're definitely making the money but that's not what that's not what they're there for 
they're there for the looking at the number one spot on the leaderboard and that's really all that they care about and i think that's every level that's just that's just our culture is it's about the it's about the process it's about being the being number one being the only option competing and becoming a better person well let's talk about that then uh bring, bring me through that a little bit let's transition into that um i agree there was let me i guess let me touch on that i'll close that out i agree i've had that happen in my offices when i ran my solar companies um i had reps top reps golden door guys actually um a couple were golden door a couple were not golden door but these guys are making over five hundred thousand dollars a year and uh four hundred five hundred thousand dollars a year and some of them well over 500 well over 500 um but they they would ask me to take the money and put it in a separate account mm -hmm. for them and because because they, they knew and like after because the personal development side of it the people development side of it we understood that if they figured out that they had a few hundred thousand dollars in the main account they would slow down and that few hundred thousand dollars because i was able to get them to be vulnerable um that few hundred thousand dollars in the bank account was just put into a separate bank account that they couldn't see that i had access to that was their name and it, it worked very very well because these guys had significantly bigger goals than just a couple hundred thousand mm -hmm. um, which just goes back to the human psych human psychology of it that we we tend to like i guess take the path of least resistance if you will and if you have i always tell people look there's two types of people when it comes to finances there's people that work very very hard when there's a lot more money in their bank account and there's people that work a lot harder um, when there's no money in the bank account or very little money in the bank account. Um, I think at first I was the no money guy because I had no money in general. And I just worked better when I'm like backwards against the wall and I had to fight, had to get that dog. And then now it's like if there's not $200,000 in my bank account, it feels like there's $0 in my bank account. Because I can blow through 200 in a month or yeah. two now. Um, and not in like not in like Rolex watches, mm -hmm. you know, not in jewelry. You know, not, not in, you know, whatever, not in fine dining, not in clubs, you know, technically in, in personal development and investing yeah. uh, or investing in my company. So, yeah, man. Hmm. All right. Let me transition. Any final words on that? No, I don't think so. I think we touched on it pretty well. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me transition there for you, brother, really quick. Um, I'm really not even going, I'm kind of super off script, but I really like where this is going. Um, I'm still checking off a lot of these boxes that I like to ask on the show. But um, so tell me about this, this I, I'm, I am the weird person that tracked, I think it was 74% last year. I just said the numbers again, 74, I'm sorry, this year in 2023, I've tracked so far 74% of my waking hours. So 16 hours in a day. Um, I know where 74% of the actions that I've done down to a micro action as like for instance, uh, walking the dogs with my wife, as 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 micro action as that, um, you know, building the business, uh, you know, spending time on social media, doing non money making activities. I mean, I've got like a list of these things that I track through an, like an app called A Tracker, which is who our show is sponsored by. Like, I wish they would sponsor me. I talk about this, <laughs> that freaking app so much. Um, we're not sponsored by them. I wish they would sponsor me. It's like a five, it's a free app, but it's really, then you could buy it for five bucks. Okay. Uh, for like unlimited things. Anyways, talk to me about this time management thing. Yeah. Talk to me about this time. I'll show you if you want to see it later on. I'll, I'll screenshot and show you. Um, 
it was really funny. I was at SolarCon the other day, and one of the guys, one of the, one of these young young men, asked me. His name's Phil. He asked me, "Hey, man, when you were running your offices, what? Where did you spend your time at?" And I go, "Oh, let me show you." Literally went back to 2022. I'm sorry, went back to 2020, 2019, and I showed him, you know, some of the top. I, I was, I think, I hit like my actually my personal bets, my PR of of, of deals was 18. Prior to that, it was at Solar City in Dallas, and I was 17 deals in a month. It was 18 deals in a month. I brought him back to that month, and then I showed him months before and months after, and I said, "Here's how much time I'm spending on payroll, admin, training the setters, training the closers, mm-hmm. you know, building, putting out fires, on the phone closing deals, in houses, right?" And he's like, "Holy crap!" Spending time with the top 20 percent, spending time with the bottom 80 percent, spending time with this top admin person, that top admin person, this top key integrator. Like I knew exactly where I was going because he was like, you know, where did you spend your time? I don't think he expected me to be like, let me tell you exactly where I spent my time at, as a matter yeah. of fact, because um, it, it'll show you that. But um, tell me about this time management thing, dude. It sounds it sounds a lot like you're very organized. Um, I'm a I'm a I'm an Excel spreadsheet, uh, Google spreadsheet as well, or Google spreadsheet as well guy. Um, um, we ran a, a an eight multiple eight figure solar offices strictly off of Google Sheets. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm not a sheet wizard, but, you know, we had some pretty good guys that can create formulas and all that stuff and, and some automations and whatnot. So tell me a little bit about your systems processes as well as, you know, okay, this is the formula. This is what helps you keep going, helps you keep sane, which a lot of guys are missing this key right here. So if you're listening, guys, key into this, what Addison's about to go over is the, is the formula. So Addison, tell me about your time management, how that works, what you do there, um, and, and yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a yeah. review now. So, honestly, I, I never really set out to do that. It was kind of just out of necessity. Um, and through something that I heard um, listening to Jordan Peterson. That's another good book, 12 Rules for Life. That one I've read a couple of times. Um, but he was talking about he was talking about how it's actually like the little things that make up your life. Um, it's not, you know, the big things that you do on the weekend. It's, you know, you're going to walk in the door and greet your wife every single day for the next, you know, 50 years. And if that takes five minutes, you spend years of your life just doing that. Or, you know, what do you, what do you do at dinner or different things like that? That it's really those things that, that actually take up the majority of your time. It just doesn't seem that way. So if we can get that right that makes a massive impact. And so I started thinking about that and how that applies to this. And it's, and it's, uh, it's really applicable because it really is the little things, you know, maybe your four, four, six, seven hours of your day is actually spent in front of a customer. But, you know, everybody knows if you're, if you're performing at a high level, you're working 12 hour days. So what's that other seven hours? You know, a lot of times it just feels like a blur you think you spent most of your day, you know, closing deals, but really if you actually do the math, you kind of didn't, it's all the other stuff. And that's, and so when I say it was out of necessity, I realized that all the other things were actually starting to take even more. They weren't just filling the gaps. It was getting to the point where it was taking time away from actually going out and getting new business, which is the only way to, to grow and to make money. So it was, okay, so the way that I went about it is if there's, you know, let's say eight hours that are 
good to sell, you know, like 12 to 8 p.m. Maybe nah, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. That's like when I can get somebody in a chair or knock on their door. Um, how do I make sure that during those eight to 10 hours per day, I'm only focused on selling? So that way I can capitalize on that time. Because if you, you know, if so, if you, if you're spending four hours of that eight actually selling and somebody else is spending eight, assuming you have the same skill level, they're going to get double the results. So that's what I was saying. How do we get more shots on goal? Basically, like, how do I free that time to make sure that I'm in as many chairs or at as many doors as possible during that time when I can do that? And that's where optimizing off the doors made a bigger impact than just getting better at my pitch. You know, because um, somebody with a 70% close ratio that's that's got, you know, eight hours a day of actually talking to people is outperforming somebody that has a 100% close ratio, but they do so many other things. They're only working three hours a day. So the skill level is important. That, that matters for sure. But the easiest way to make a, an immediate change is to start optimizing that time because that's the controllables that, that you have control over. So. For me, it was just, okay, what are all the things that go into this? And I literally sat down and made a list in January of like everything that you could possibly think of that goes into closing a lot of deals. And it's a lot more things than you would think. You know, it's it's working on the pitch. It's the customer follow-up. It's, you know, saving cancels, following up with follow-ups, moving, moving your pipeline along, getting in front of more people. Um, which then goes into a whole bunch of other things, you know, running a, running an effective meeting, running trainings, like you said, spending time with your top 20%, checking in with the bottom 80, recruiting. Like it goes all the way through the whole spectrum of things. So how do we create a system for all of those things? So I just took months to like one at a time, figure out the best way to do things and then start setting up a system for it. So I have a pretty, I love it. Yeah. I love it. You said that it's one, it's one, one at a time. Yep. I think what people are misunderstanding here from you is that I don't want, I don't want them to, to skip by this is that you didn't become process driven overnight. You just please reiterate that a little bit to me because what a lot of guys miss is their, their life is extremely unorganized. And it's funny. I was telling my team how unorganized I felt like we are. Now, one of them, one of the, my team members, executives, as well as my, one of my coaches was like, you're not unorganized. You're just an achiever. And because you're not achieving certain things, there's all these un, unfinished projects. That's why you feel unorganized. I'm like, oh, okay. So I don't want them. I don't want people to hear this and, and think, oh, Addison just is, you know, he's just overnight, you know, it's like overnight success, right? It's overnight golden door. Right. Um, Tell me, dude, break that down a little bit more and, and, and really, really hone into that, dude. Like how long did it actually take you to get this done? Was it, was it literally, was it one thing at a time didn't work? What was it? It was, it was one level at a time. Let's put it that way. So I started doing this as a setter actually. And I just made a pretty in-depth spreadsheet where every appointment I set went into that spreadsheet. Um, because I realized, okay, oh. I've already put in 75% of the work to get these people to the point where they made an appointment with me. But, you know, assuming I have 50% set to sit ratio, half of them are just disappearing. And for most people, they're never getting followed up with. So how do I track 
the people that canceled their appointment that had something come up that I had to reschedule all these different things to get them back on the schedule. So I just got pretty obsessive over that. And I would just track all that stuff. And I had a specific formula. I would follow up after this many days, this many days, this many days. And I would check the box on the spreadsheet. And every morning I would go through it and follow up with the people I needed to. um, And sort it by area so that if I was back in that area, I could go swing by again. And that ended up as a setter over the course of like three or four months, I was getting an extra couple deals a month from that. So that kind of was my light bulb moment of the impact that that can have. And then it just grows, you know, every time you level up, it demands more from you. So as I moved to self-genning, to running a team, to being a closer, to opening markets, it was just that, but larger scale. So you know, it started as pipeline management, you know, run, managing your deals. When do you, when do you thank a customer? When do you ask them for referrals? What texts do you send them uh, as they go through the process? How do you handle it if they want to cancel or they're worried about something? What time of day do you deal with that? Cause that's the stuff that'll throw you off. So for me, it's like, don't, don't talk to me during, during selling hours. If somebody calls or texts, I don't even read it until the end of the day, unless I have a, a gap and it's like an urgent thing, but very rarely. Normally it's morning and evening. That's when I get back to people. Um, even if they're like, hey, we wanna move forward. Okay, great, but right now I'm getting new business, so I'll send you docs at eight. Um, and just holding the line on that and having a system for managing it. So um, that that's where it kind of ties into the time management is you know, I have specific, I used to try to, I used to try to plan every minute of my day and do it, create this great schedule. And then within three days, I wouldn't be following it. So it's more so just like time blocking and knowing when I'm going to do things. That's, that's what I've come to now because everything with this job is so variable. You know, you might have an 8am appointment randomly one day. And if you're like super militant about it, then that just throws you off, you know? So for me, it's more, okay, if I normally have to work from, you know, like I said, 10 to 8, how do I plan out my day so that, you know, during this 30 minutes, I'm following up with my pipeline. During this 30 minutes, I'm doing leadership tasks. During this 30 minutes, I'm doing management tasks. And I just go through those, and some days there's more to do, some days there's less. But those are my time blocks to make sure that I'm getting those things done. And then what are my non-negotiables that I have to do every morning and every night? So, you know, at night, maybe it's, you know, update KPIs, try, uh, input the deals from the day for the office, cut everyone's hood and do a role play. And that's non-negotiable at night. And then in the morning, I need to confirm appointments. I need to uh, put together slides for the meeting and I need to input all my deals from the day before and, and do my pipeline management. So as long as I check those boxes, it doesn't necessarily matter exactly when I do it, as long as it gets done. And those are the things that no matter what have to get done. And then I've got a much longer list of if there's time during my time blocks, then I'll do these things because these are my next improvements. So that's like my maintenance tasks. Those are, I have to do this or things stop moving forward. And then I have additional things that's, okay, this is how we're going to continue to level up and, and move things forward. Um, and those things are not necessarily mandatory. The office will still run if I don't do those things, but that's how we keep leveling it up. 
So it works better for me that way because if I just have the mandatory things, I wouldn't do anything else. And if I have all the things, it's just overwhelming. So how do I like rank order the most important things, do them in that order and just block out kind of generic time blocks to do those so that I know I, I can get at least the minimum done and potentially more every day. And I know that I'll do it in a time frame where it doesn't interfere with going and getting new business. Because from 10 to 8, I want to be strictly focused on I'm getting business. And that could mean a lot of things. It can mean knocking. It can mean self-journey. It could mean closing. Like if there's no appointments, I'm knocking. If there's if there's new guys, I'm knocking with new guys. If there's you know appointments to be sat that are not going to get sat, I'm sitting deals. I'm doing whatever I can do to most effectively generate new business during that time. And just keeping that time free. So it, it, it helps me stay on track. And then, you know, if you want to perform at a high level, you have to be willing to, to sacrifice a lot of that off the doors time. Um, Cause you could just work 10 to eight, like that's a pretty long day in and of itself. But if you, if that's the only time you're working, then that stuff's going to bleed over into that time. So it's going to mean that you probably don't, you know, watch Netflix or go to the bar on, on weeknights or even like Friday nights. Cause you're sitting there. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> Cause, yeah. I mean, you, you got, you got stuff to do, right? You got your, you got to be updating your pipeline and doing that kind of stuff. So you don't have to do it during your work time. And then in the morning, you're probably going to have to get up early because you got to make sure you're number one, mm. like mentally on when 10 o'clock rolls around and you go to your first deal and you got to make sure that, the admin stuff that you got to do for the day is done scheduling, calling customers, that kind of stuff. So it's definitely longer days, um, but it makes a huge impact because now you're working. Now you get twice as many effective hours as, as the people that aren't doing that. And I mean, hours is a great cure for skill level. <laughs> if you're not that good, work <laughs> twice as hard, but it's that stuff. And then just eliminating distractions that so that that that's the actual time management of the tasks and then outside of that like i said it's a, it's all just a transfer of energy so it all comes down to being mentally sharp so optimizing that as well um i always tell tell my guys try to eliminate the three d's which is decisions distractions and delays um how do you automate everything that's not the main thing and if the main thing is going and getting deals and getting them installed how do you optimize or how do you automate everything else so for me it's like i I buy drinks and snacks on amazon like a thousand at a time i literally have a couple hundred energy drinks in my closet delivered to the door brother and then just every sunday night my fridge is stocked so it sounds like weirdly obsessive but if you think about it you know you probably spend 20, 30 minutes a day going to gas stations to get energy drinks. So if they're in a cooler in the passenger seat, 30, 30 minutes a day for a summer is a lot of time. Um, if you're having to like worry about making it to Chipotle by 10 PM to pick up your dinner or whatever, like I get meal preps, it's always in the fridge, ready to go. Groceries get delivered. I I don't go to the store or do anything. Like I want to make sure that my Sunday is, 
purely to rest and the rest of the week I don't have to do anything so eat the same thing do the same thing every day like supplements all that kind of stuff is is locked in and ready to go so that it's not a decision that I have to make that that takes takes away mental energy to to deal with because all those decisions wear you down so if I know exactly what I'm going to eat when I'm going to wake up what I'm going to do each day how my time's going to be spent um what I'm going to drink, what time I'm going to drink it, (laughs) like all that kind of stuff. That's, that's decisions I don't have to make so that all of my mental energy is focused on getting deals and it eliminates delays as well because it's all right there, ready to go. And I already have it. So I'm not wasting my time doing it and it's not distracting me because it's already pre-planned. So, you know, I think to get to the highest level, you have to obsess about it to that point. Because the difference between somebody that does 60 and 150 deals or, you know, 300 deals is not that big. It's the last, like, couple percent. You know, because if you're spending 30 minutes of one appointment a day that you're not taking because you're dealing with other things, it could be as simple as, like, you had to make a gas station run or as complicated as following up with customers. It doesn't really matter. Any of those things that aren't optimized that's keeping you from sitting at a table over the course of a year really, really adds up. So it's not a lot of times. I think the difference has nothing to do with skill level. Like I do think I'm a good closer and I can close at a high rate, which definitely helps, but I wouldn't say that it's the biggest difference maker. I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to this brother. That was outstanding. Wow. Um, you could tell that you've internalized this and also done it. Um, my, uh, my, my one tip of advice, Addison is, uh, continue, uh, continue failing as you have been, um, and making the process better as you go and, uh, gamify it as you already have. Um, and, and, and the reward is the small rewards every week, every month, as you're optimizing your, your, your system. That is, I mean, I literally think that you you've said optimize. I've wrote it down. Like I've, that you've said it, I think like six or seven times now, that is your reward. Your reward is you're chasing, not the money. You're, you're, I don't even know if you're really chasing financial freedom. You're chasing how to optimize your day better. Mm-hmm your week better and then how to help other guys optimize and become more efficient, effective and Mm -hmm. productive. Um, you know, that's a, uh, yeah, you said it's obsessive, but you're right. Um, it's not just the 30 minutes. I don't think it's just the 30 minutes that it takes to go to a gas station pee or whatever and get an energy drink and a power bar. It's the amount of momentum that needs to get put back in to get back on doors and go. Um, I mean, we, we were at a certain point where I had one of my assistants delivering food and snacks in a cooler to all of my yep. teams, my setting crews. Like, I was like, oh, you guys want to break? Here. I, I almost bought an RV. I was looking at RV because uh, they were like, we got to pee too. And I'm like, fuck it. We got to buy an RV. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, fuck <laughs> it. We're going we're gonna to bring the bathroom. Gonna, if, these, if these guys can't ask for all water to go into the bathroom – I have to buy a bathroom, a mobile bathroom, and bring it to them. bring it to them. That's awesome. Because um, I had a lot, I had a lot of girls too, so um, it was it's funny. That's a uh, yeah, you know, yeah. So that was 
we've been uh, we've been okay. in luck with that after, yeah that's a that's after good the hurricane down here because there's uh, about 10 porta potties in every neighborhood so it's been actually insane <laughs> it hasn't been an issue at all wow what are you so you're in fort myers what where else are you where where did you do your most of your like last year where did you do most of your 161 was that in fort myers uh no it was spread out i think i had deals in like six or seven markets last year um most of it was in tampa and lakeland um and then i had maybe 15 or so in orlando 10 or 15 in Pensacola, 10 or 15 in Fort Myers, a couple in Texas. Um, so it was pretty spread nice. out because we were doing blitzes. Like I said, we were pushing out a market at the beginning of the year. So we were doing blitzes. And then after the summer wrapped up, I took my team, just like my top, some of my top setters, me and another closer. Um, and we did a couple blitzes kind of on our own while everybody else was taking time off to because we're making the kind of the final push in September and October. So it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. Actually. I had a guy pull off. He was, he was competing for, they were all competing for top 10 on the summer and it went through September 15th. And a lot of people kind of stopped September 1st because it's normally the end of summer. Um, But they were all pushing to make top 10. So we, we ran a blitz up in Pensacola. We just, Day after summer ended, we just drove up there the, the, that night, knocking the next day. And the last day, September 15th, we were driving back to Tampa. And one of my guys had an appointment. And it was like the same day. And he's like, okay, cool. I'm good. They're going to close. I'm going to get top 10. And they failed. Um, like failed credit. So he's driving. He's already like three, four hours into the trip. Pulls off the highway into a random neighborhood in like Tallahassee, I think. Knocks three doors, sets the same day. And he's like, when can you be here? I'm like four hours away. I, it's gonna be like nine o'clock by the time I get there. Um, I'm like, I'll come, but like tell him it's gonna be like nine o'clock. So he tells him it's gonna be nine o'clock, like sits there and babysits it pretty much until I get there, close him, and he made top 10. <laughs> It's pretty insane. <laughs> it was a, uh, it was, that was like, but that's, that's what I'm talking about with the mentally on thing. Cause like for me, I told him like everything we did, I'd just done, I think from May to September 15th, I think I did like 120 or something like that. So it was like 30 a month. Um, and it was 12 hour days every day for four months. And that doing that drive back from our final blitz, I was about to go take a couple weeks off, kind of be basically start being done for the year and start focusing on recruiting trips and things like that, do some blitzes. But um, so as I was driving, it was like that everybody that's done, done a sun, summer knows exactly what I'm talking about, where like it's all melting off. The music's going, like windows are down. You're just like, I just did this. Like, I'm so happy right now. I'm done. Like the mental, like everything, like the mental locked in that you've had for four months straight where it's like tunnel vision starts to like open back up and you're just like letting all the stress melt off. I'm like two hours into my drive jamming the music and I get this phone call. Like, what's up? 
He's like, can you come to, t- to Tallahassee right now and close the deal? I'm like, all right, flip the switch back. Yeah, I'll be there in three hours. So, but it's just developing, being able to flip a switch. It's, it's like, I know exactly how I need to feel mentally to be, to be at peak state. And you got to be able to flip it on and off. You got to be able to turn it off and get sleep when you need to and de-stress on a Sunday. And you got to be able to flip it on so that if you're, if you're in sales mode, you're in sales mode and nothing else matters. You know exactly what you need to focus on, what it takes, where you need to be mentally. And you can just like a light switch. So the best way to develop that is just do it every day. Like have that time blocked off where your tunnel vision and just get really, really comfortable with what that feels like. And then you build that muscle. Yeah. Yeah, you build it, stretch it, break yeah. it, grow it, the whole nine yards, and then inject that eject that bad boy with as many branch chain amino acids and protein and you just dude, it just yeah. takes off. Bro, I, I uh I am extremely impressed with you. Um I will be in Florida. I'm getting an award um, this week, nice. actually, um, in a couple of days. So I will be there. Um, I'll be in Miami. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna potentially stay there for a few days and make a little bit, make some rounds. I've got some Golden Door rides. I coach out of Orlando. Um, some guys in Pensacola. Um, I was potentially gonna do that. So I'll, I'll have to, I'll, I'll jam with you. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you a text and I'll stay connected. And let you know. See if I'm gonna. Out there, will you be in Fort Myers? Where are you going to be this, this week? I'll be in Fort Myers. Yeah, I'll be here pretty much all summer. So, it's like cool. a hour and cool. a half to Miami, two hours, something like that. So, not too yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, cool, dude. Um, well, yeah, dude. Let me, um, let me try, let me try to land the plane here because I know, I know that you said you've got a, uh, you've got some, some stuff you got to get going to. Um, first of all, dude, I'm just extremely impressed with the person that you are, Addison. That, uh. You can you can go through what you've gone through to get here, um, and still have this positive mental attitude, you know, of uh, whatever it takes mindset. Um, you said no matter what, um, and uh, dude, I just I'm impressed. I mean, I, I I understand your brain. I get who you are and how you operate. I'm the virtually the same way. Um, we'll we'll never have enough, but we're very you know, you're you're a good dude. I can tell. So Appreciate that's awesome, that. bro. Um, let me, uh, let me, yeah, man, let me, let me ask you this. So what is, what is your end goal? If you it's to see exactly how good this opportunity can be. Cause we all know it's insane, right. but no, I don't know that anybody really knows what the limit is. So it's always just pushing the limit. How, how, what, what is a closing ratio that, someone could have like can you go 100 percent in a year like not one follow-up for a year you know like <laughs> sure why not you, technically you could so nowhere near there right so always able to get better um and so it's just pushing seeing how far we can really push it and that goes back to what we were talking about mm. before about like identity-based goals and and what this opportunity actually is it's it's not a 10 grand in a week opportunity like it is but that's if that's a really small way to look at it because anybody that's done it at a high level knows that like the, the actual opportunity in solar is the opportunity to like change your bloodline and, and like set yourself up for life and if you're not looking at it that way 
and just looking at it as quick money, you're leaving a lot on the table. So I want to see just how far you can actually push it. Like if, if I go 110% for five or 10 years, like what can I actually do with this? And then aside from that, just never have to work again. There's a lot of things I want to do. Um, like to do a lot of them probably, you know, I want to be able to do them for free if I had to, just because it's what I want to be able, just because it's what I want to be doing. Not because I have to work. And then just the type of person that, that I, that I'll become through, through, uh, accomplishing things at a high level. Well, as, uh, as one of my mentors, uh, says is that it's, uh, he's seen a lot of guys have two, three, four, five years of success. Um, but you know, the great ones are the ones that can stay consistent. Um, you're already at year five of great success, brother, keep going, keep growing, keep failing. Um, and, and you will do better, uh, every single year, man. Um, you know, you know, you're, you're, you're definitely not a flash in the pan. You're definitely somebody that even if you failed this year, really, really hard or next year, something happened dramatic, whatever they shut down solar in Florida, you, you, you for whatever reason, you can't, yeah. whatever, right. You're, you're stuck yep. there somehow. Like, and you had to restart the following year. As long as you stay on the path that you're on, the systems process is driven that formula, you will continue to push forward, brother. And no matter what it is, you're not a flash in the pan. You are going to be consistent and you're going to be successful for a very long time. Um, I've almost have three pages of notes. This is insane. Um, I, I want to keep going, but I want to respect your time. So I, I dude, I appreciate you um, and your time here and your, 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 first of all, your vulnerability, uh, but also your, your, your attitude towards coming on and, and just, adding value. Like you, you, you didn't, you didn't hold anything back. There wasn't like a, Hey, I'm not going to tell somebody this, whatever. Like I appreciate you sharing everything you did here. So I've got some things for you. Um, I'll tell you off Mike, um, that I, I be, because I know how you work, there's some things that I've done The a tracker thing. I, I'll, I already told you about that one will help you a ton, um, uh, organize more KPIs for your time optimization, but I've got some other stuff that I'll, I'll show you. I've wrote some articles, uh, on some things that I think, guys like you and I um, need to optimize our time. So I'll, I'll share with that off mic and we can, we can jam on that for a while, but dude, I, I appreciate you, man. And is there uh, is, is where, where can we, so that everyone that, um, that watches this, I always love to put your, uh, your Instagram, your Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever. Um, we want to be able to support you, watch your journey. Other golden door, other door, other golden door guys and girls want to, want to follow you and, and support you. Um, I think it's, it's, it's great that we have this community now. So where, where can we find you on social? So Instagram is the only one I really use consistently as of right now. I'm trying to, trying to do better with that, sure. but, um, it's a Richards one, one six on Instagram. So that's the, that's the best way. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Don't really use Facebook. So I'd, I'd go to Instagram. That's where I, that's where I'm the most active post most of the stuff. So. Cool. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I'll make sure I post that, uh, in the show notes below. So, um, guys go out and support, follow, like, comment, share, consume content that Addison puts out. He puts out a lot of really good content on the internet. Um, you know, a day in the life shows him knocking, closing all that kind of stuff. I mean, you've got hundreds and hundreds of photos of you with clients, um, not just at sales, but also at installs, which is 
I think everyone everyone always posts the pictures with the clients in the beginning, but no one really posts them at the end. You post a lot of the pictures of your actual installs, which is great on your stories. So, um, dude, that's awesome. Uh, any uh, any final words uh, for the other Golden Door? Just keep winners? pushing. I love that. I love that. Cool, man. Well, dude, God bless you, man. I appreciate your time. Uh, this was outstanding. And uh, we'll have to have you on the show again because I want to dive. I want to dive deeper, and I have to unpack this whole thing. I don't even know what the <laughs> hell. Uh, I gotta, I gotta really unpack this. Now I'm gonna spend. I'm gonna spend 30, 40 minutes just trying to unpack this show. Um, dude, I'm just really, really impressed, man. It was you awesome. Did a really good job. Yeah. So thank you, brother. Well, uh, we'll, we'll I appreciate what you're doing with the podcast. Love it. So it's awesome to be. Awesome to be of here. Of course, bro. Of course. Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, uh, we'll see you later, brother. Have a great one. Go crush it this year. We'll see All you right, next good. year, bro.